Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church here in Wairiki, California. Welcome to the podcast. So, Kevin, before we get going, we, uh, we we lobbed an inside joke at the last episode where I said, "Here it's always New Year's Eve." Do you want to uh, <laughs> do you want to explain the inside joke for our listeners, lest they I become alienated from us? So, <laughs> well, so it was New Year's Eve. I think we were like 19 years old or something. I think we yeah, were probably when as sophomores. In, was, I think we were sophomores in college. So it would as have been 96 like, was becoming 97. Or yeah, 97 I think so. Becoming, sophomores yeah. in college. We went to a New Year's Eve party. Uh, Justin DeMolin's house. <laughs> Justin. Um, and uh, I don't remember all the details, but uh, at some point in the party, I think pretty close to midnight, um, I wanted to talk to you about the stuff I was just dealing with, working through, et cetera, et cetera. So we went up to like a loft in the cabin or whatever. Right. And we wound up talking for like three hours or something like that. We just kind of yeah. went on and on and on. And so it kind of became a tradition that every New Year's Eve, we would either get together Many of those New Year's Eve's were at the Curtis house. Yeah, they were. There were a lot of New Year's parties in my parents' basement. Yeah. And it seems like I, a lot, but in retrospect, it was probably like two or three. I think it was four or five. I think it was yeah. like... But, but anyway, so... Yeah. But then even after we both kind of moved away, um, it was it was a you know a phone call that would go for hours. Right. Um, we, we'd get Tony on to have a toast and anyway. But, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, kind of, it was a tradition for quite a while. And we haven't done it in probably 10 or 15 years. Because now oh, we're like I both married and like we both have things to do on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Let's talk to each other. What usually happens is New Year's Day. We'll have a conversation. We've done that a few times in the past, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I've just had other things. Yeah. Anyway, so Dude, I'm, go- I'm going to bed early on New Year's Eve now. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not talking to you, talking to you to 12 till three. That's not happening. Well, I'm- if the time zone different though, it works out because I can call you at midnight. It's like nine o'clock yeah. your time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we're going to be in Baltimore this year, I think for New Year's. Sweet. So, you know, my wife's organization always has a New Year's Eve or, or a conference thing, and uh, it's over New Year's, and we're probably going to go down to Baltimore for a couple of nights. Yeah, I don't know where I'll be. I have no idea. I will probably be, like, reading a book. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hey, sounds, sounds fun. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll still be reading my book haul from Christmas is what I'll be doing. But anyway. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, so anyway, so that's, so that's the story. So, so that. So our conversations here in many ways resemble our, you know, conversations. Or, yeah. So, so it's so, a so, New Year's Eve on the podcast. So that was a joke. So what are we? Great, happy New Year, story. Kevin. Well, what, are we, uh, what, what are we? What, what are we? What are we talking about? So recently, I've had several members of my congregation. Um, I'm not sure if berate is the right word. Rebuke, perhaps. Correct. Uh, well. Depends how you see it. Are you are you under discipline with session about this? Not yet, but it might get there. Uh, um, I'm not sure because stranger anyway, things have happened, frankly. So, but, <laughs> right. um, uh, because of my take on 19th century British literature, and you have been rightly maligned because so of your take. Maligned on that. is a good word. Yeah, that's probably a good yeah. word for it. So rightly, I don't know, but you know who you are. You've come to me and uh, expressed your disappointment in my take on 19th century British literature which I said was overrated, not bad. It's just, it's not the greatest thing ever. 19th century Russian literature, superior 19th century British literature. And Matt, for all of his, I'm an American, I don't watch soccer. You picked Jane Austen over Hemingway. How dare you? That's because she's like, objectively better than me. i mean <laughs> objectively like, she's just better i mean objectively okay it's like, anyway it's like look so- that's like coming out in favor of spring like it's just but but anyway <laughs> so you've heard us do the uh what we've been reading thing a couple of times now here in the podcast if you because go back through the episodes and, and uh we do that every every so and we'll often we'll do it again for sure and we'll Maybe do literary not. hot takes. Once once these hot takes die down a little bit, we'll give you a few other juicy ones, perhaps. I ranted maybe in our pre-production meeting about Romeo and Juliet, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to talk about movies instead of books. Because All right. we have watched movies. I mean, 
and we have yeah. thoughts on some movies. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Here's my opinion on movies. There's only been two perfect movies ever made. And I would maybe throw in a third sort of honorable mention because there are some plot holes, but it's perfect, like script, characters, acting, cinematography, everything else, but two perfect movies ever made. And you agree with me on one of these. Perfect. Perfect is a high standard. I mean, it's just a really high standard, but yeah. Yeah. So first one, Casablanca. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. Second one, the Shawshank Redemption. Great movie. Perfect might be a little strong, but it's undoubtedly a very, very fine film. It's probably the only movie that's better than the book. No. Um, the Princess Bride, the film was better than the book. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that might be true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean people always say that. People say, oh, the book was better. And I, I think 99 times out of 100, people say that without ever really thinking about it. That it just sort of sounds smarter, you know? Yeah. To, to be it's fair, like, it's, like, two, it's two different media, so it's hard to even compare. Well, to, and like, look, in both the case of Rita Hay- Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which is really more of a short story than it is right. a novel. Yeah, it's a novel. And, and The Princess Bride. It's not just that they're different mediums. They're fundamentally doing just like very different things. And so that comparison doesn't even, I mean, it just doesn't work. Like if you're talking Lord of the Rings, okay, I get it. But like the, the differences <laughs> are so... I mean, I don't agree with you necessarily, but but, but I get it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. People get super mad, by the way. Like when, like you change when people change the book, they get really mad. Yeah. But what is? Look, I can't believe you did that to the book. And I'm always like, no, the book's still there. You can go <laughs> read it. Why? Why are you so mad? But anyway, that's a. So about you, perfect movies. Perfect movies. So for me, in terms of again, perfect. I don't know. But at least in terms of the screenplay and the storytelling and the ability to pay off, um, set up and pay off, Back to the Future, the original, I think has no rival as far as that goes. Back to the Future. Yeah, nice. it's it's just like Great. an incredible... This is heavy. What, is there some kind of weight problem in the future? <laughs> you keep saying, I mean, and, and it has lines like that that are just right. perfect. Right. You know, he comes in and he goes, Give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Like, it's just, I mean, it's so, yeah, it's just brilliant. Like, I took a screenwriting class and that was one of the scripts they gave us to be like, Okay, this is how you do it. And Casablanca was the other one. Okay. Um, okay. Like, you know, well, Casablanca is one of those where it's like you watch it. And if, and if you're not really familiar with it, you, you'll watch it maybe be like, this feels really cliched because there's so many lines in there that have just been and like, well, wait a minute. That's because this is where all those cliches came from. Like this is the right. originator. Like it was, it was right. so well written and it's been so copied that it's like, right. It was like, they I weren't mean, cliches just, when that movie came out. Like the, the Maltese Falcon, which interestingly also has, you know, some of the same actors in it because right. it's the same era, but like, similarly like there's things we say because that guy wrote those things right because I mean, it's yeah, just such yeah. a good script that we yeah. just it's been copied yeah. so much yeah and we forget that like somebody wrote that now part of it is kevin and i are both writers and so we tend to like maybe appreciate those things more than well kevin's a writer i'm a hack but no stephanie hubach is a writer we're both well, hacks She's the real deal. That's true. And you and I are, you know, wannabes, but well, I'm a wannabe and you're anyway, <laughs> it's, um, on. We, we digress. It's, um, and so we tend to appreciate those things a little more, but for me, for sure, back to the future is just one of the great pieces of writing in film history. It's just great. Yeah. Um, another one that again, is it perfect? No, but I appreciate what it's doing so much. And that's city slickers with a uh, Billy crystal and wow. the late Bruno Kirby and Jack Palance and Daniel Stern. I referenced it in my sermon yesterday. It's why it's on my mind, but it's one of those, just the setup and payoff is done brilliantly. I mean, the, the set, the sequel you can skip. Um, and actually the back to the future sequels are not nearly as like well done because they're just about, you know, I thought number three was good. So, Number two really just exists as a bridge between the first and third. And that's really the flaw of the movie. And yet there's some really clever things that happen in it, but that's yeah. a separate. Yeah. I mean, but like with city slickers, just the, the richness of the relationships are, are, are what makes that movie work. And I think it captures something true about what it means to be middle-aged. And I, 
appreciate that movie in a different way now um, than I did when I was in my 20s and I saw it for the first time or whatever. You know what I mean? So maybe it, I should watch it again because I haven't seen it probably in 15 years. Yeah. So it just it just nails some things of what it's like to be in your 40s that I think um, I just didn't. There, there's a layer to it I didn't understand when I was 25 and watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that movie. Um, another film, and this is one of my go-tos. Like if I'm just not in a great place or I'm feeling kind of like meh or whatever, um, Goodwill Hunting, which is funny because it's not at all a feel-good movie, but it's one. That <laughs> no, I, it's not. But it, it, but it's one that I just go back to because I just think the it's writing. A, it's in a it, redemptive movie, though. Yeah, like the writing in it is just um, so brilliant. Uh, and again, this I think this has maybe something to do with just my taste in movies. Is there some characterizations in it that are? the way they develop the characters are just brilliant. Kevin and I were talking offline that the scene when they're like between when they're at the little league game and going, they, they see the Carmine guy and get in the fight with him that sets up Matt Damon being in prison, which really sets up the whole premise of the movie um, in many ways. Um, anyway, uh, you know, he's there, they've gone to get burgers and he's like, Hey, give me my burger. And the Ben Affleck character is like your burger. I bought it. Let's put your burger on layaway. And there's just like this sense right. that like they, we got snacks sort- now. <laughs> yeah, we got to know, like, like there's this sense that um, they um, they've had this kind of interchange thousands of times. Like it's, right, it's telling right. you like everything you need to know about how this friend group functions in like a minute and a half. Right. That I think is really brilliant. Similarly, um, the iconic bar scene, right? The where, bar. Yeah, where where you know Chucky's trying to or not Chucky, yeah, the uh, yeah, it's trying to pick up the girls at the end of the bar and right. the Harvard guy tries to embarrass him and will just kind of shuts him down right and then casey off like my boy's wicked smart yeah like that line like that line <laughs> like the whole like that line makes the scene like part of the yeah. reason it's iconic is yeah. because of that line. i mean it's just a brilliant yeah um and so i just yeah. i love that movie now yeah. so some of you are going to write in about the language in that movie and okay fair enough but it's set in south boston and South people in South Boston don't say darn it, I guess. So, yeah, I can um, confirm that. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you live, can live near there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, um, I, I love, it, I love Goodwill Hunt. Well, I love all those movies. Although City Slickers, yeah. I've, you know, I haven't watched in a long time, but I love the Back to the Future movies. And yeah, Goodwill Hunting was actually the first movie that I watched with my wife. Huh. Fun fact. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I own it again. It's one of those ones I go back to. Yeah, so do I. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love Robin Williams in that movie. And, and it great. holds up. I got to say, it it's does. like 23 years old and it holds yeah. up like it does. It... The problem I have with that movie is that uh, and as much as I love it, is that there's just like there's so there's no nuance. It's like the guys who are poor and downtrodden are like over the top poor and downtrodden. And the guys that yeah. are privileged are like over the top. Privileged. You know, what I mean, like, there's yeah. not there's not a whole lot of nuance to it. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a caricature. Yeah. But I think, you know, like that was like their first screenplay or whatever, and they, they did better. But, but yeah, it works. It's a great, you know, the, the scene where they're on the park bench. Yeah. And uh, also know, an iconic I, scene. I think I actually quoted that in a sermon once. Um, just talking about how, like, you know, real life experience is different than book knowledge. Right. You know, this is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the other one for me, that's not quite a perfect movie because there's some plot holes and some whatever, but it's, I think, just an amazing script. Perfect acting, perfect cinematography. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just, yeah, I hear you. It's so it's so well done. I really like that movie. I actually, this is this, here's my hot take. This is like going to be a very unpopular opinion. And oh. if you want to really, if you like, really want to like let someone have it, you can email Kevin at Kevin at. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it. I actually think The Last Crusade is the best movie in the Indiana Jones universe. I think that's the best one. Um, it had some of the, like that's the, by far and away the most quotable and has the best lines. And it really, I think um, brings both Indiana and the dad into like, like the contrast and similarities that just the characterizations are all the best there. Yeah. I'm going to disagree and, with you on that one. And well, I'm, I'm not shocked. And, you know, we all went to youth group where we where they showed the clip where he's stepping out in the thing. So I mean, <laughs> right. if you, if you right. went to youth group in the 90s, you know what I'm talking about. But it's, right. Um, right. you know, yeah. it's it, it's I no, think it might me, be the I think it might be the most fun one. 
of the three. I don't, I, yeah. I discount the fourth one. Never happened. Well, and uh, the second one where no temple of doom is good anyway. Ah, man. But that's like those first three are really like the trilogy and the, the fourth yeah. one just didn't yeah, with whatever. Shane LaBeouf where it's just sort of, yeah, yeah. it's kind of silly, but no, I think the third one's like the most fun because of the dad and there's more comedic elements to it. I just think Raiders is just so perfect in its tone. The cinematography is just, I'm like, just every scene is just like, this is just a masterpiece. There's so many iconic moments, iconic scenes. Yeah. Um, that's fair. So, 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 so maybe I'll amend and go, I, I'll grant you in terms of achievement. Maybe the first one is like, quote, the best from like a, you know, film critic standpoint. But as far as just like the one I enjoyed the most, by far, it's the third one. I think I watched the third movie with Justin DeMolin in the theater. On New Year's Eve. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Justin DeMolin getting the yeah. shout outs. This yeah. Yeah. No. He gets so a lot my, of shout outs for someone I haven't talked to in like 20 years. Uh, I don't know. So movie that you've watched at least 10 times or 20 well, times. Well, I mean, I mean, Goodwill Hunting and Back to the Future both are ones that I just sort of go to. One that my wife loves that I watch that I've watched with her a lot, and I've just grown in my appreciation of. Um, even though like Tom Hanks in this movie, I think people think he's great, but if you look at his behavior, it's a little shady. Is a you've got mail. Um, it's just got some you know quality uh, lines in it. My friend Nathan, that's like his favorite movie. So Nathan, if you're listening, um, shout out to you. Um, but but uh, but he. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that movie I've watched a lot of times because my wife loves it and I enjoy it. I don't get as much out of it as she does, but it it's a it's a quality flick, I think. Anything with Tom Hanks, I'll give I'll give a chance. Um, so so I, speaking of Tom Hanks and movies that our wives made us watch. Yeah. 13 going on 30 is basically the girl version of Big. Only not as good. Only <laughs> not as good. <laughs> Is that a hot take? I don't know. Maybe that's not a hot take. Well, no, I think that's just a, that's just a fact. (laughs) That's not a hot take. Like, listen, no, that's yeah. Yeah. Listen, I like Jennifer Garner. I, I, uh, but she's in a movie. I mean, my wife loves 13 going on 30 as well. Yeah. yeah. Our wives have similar tastes in movies. I suspect. That might be. We'll have to have them on the show. No, that'll never happen. That's never happening. My wife doesn't (laughs) listen to the show, let let alone is she going to come onto the show? Like that's just, yeah. Yeah. So Princess Bride, Dumb and Dumber, or Napoleon Dynamite? That's hard. Um, so three comedy cult classics, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, one from the 2000s. Okay, so here's what I would say. The Princess Bride is a classic and holds up to like multiple viewings, no matter how long uh, it's been since you've seen it or whatever. Um, and so I think that of the three is, I think my favorite of the three um, dumb and dumber just doesn't hold up. It was hilarious when I was 15 and it's just a lot less funny now. Like it just doesn't, <laughs> I don't think it holds up. Um, Cause I saw it semi recently and it just doesn't hold up. The reason Napoleon dynamite works is not because it's so brilliant. I mean, it, it, it is, it's a good movie, but it, I don't think it's quite um, as resonant or as uh, timeless as the princess bride. Um, But the reason it works is because everyone either knew that guy or was that guy. Right. Like, like, like that's a brilliant character. Is it a brilliant movie? I don't know, but that character is brilliantly done. Yeah. That's what I would say. I think that has, I think it has a very narrow uh, audience in terms of who it resonates with. Well, Listen, if you were a teenager in the 90s, 80s, 80s or 90s, 90s you're a teenager like, in the 80s or 90s, it's kind of a Gen X movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, no one cares about Gen X as has but, been well documented right. and established. But yes. we're yeah. the overlooked generation. But anyway, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, for otherwise, people I don't think quite get it. Well, yeah. and, and it's and interesting that's, too, because that's they, what makes it not a classic, whereas everybody gets The Princess Bride. Right. Yeah. 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 I remember being in Canada and uh, they didn't get, Napoleon Dynamite. And I don't know why, if it just doesn't translate well to Canadian culture. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they don't have those people at their house. I was, I was with a friend of mine and we were in Canada and, uh, and this friend of mine, my friend, John Helmers, he loved that movie and we would just quote it all the time. Hey, our and, Canadian listener, Debbie, Hey, weigh in. Did you get Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. And uh, the people we were with 
people were with in Canada, they, they just didn't get it at all. So, so that's a good question though. I hadn't really thought I wouldn't have paired those three. Well, again, like it's sort of like the cult classics of the last yeah. couple yeah. of decades. I don't know what it is for the 2010s. I'm not that with it. Not sure what it would be. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because like you spent like we, we were, we were in grad school, uh, you were, and weren't watching movies from, you know, 2010 till 2000. I mean, you know, like it's whatever, but. Well, the movie industry has gotten so like diversified now, just, I mean, as everything has just because yeah. of the way that it, the media works and the way things come out now, they don't just like come out in theaters. And then eight months later, they're on VHS. Like things are just different. And so there's just yeah. a lot more ways of consuming entertainment. Yeah. Um, I say consuming deliberately. Yeah. But so like, there's a lot more like indie films or just other things that are, um, it's just different. And the, the blockbuster well, superhero stuff, like I just don't, get into i just well see i really enjoyed the marvel movies man and the achievement that they did of like having that universe be so brilliantly realized i thought was just an incredible achievement um i will say like the elementals like the one that's out or the eternals the one that's out right now i'm just not that excited about and um maybe it's because i'm i I don't know why i for reasons i'm not sure The, the other one that everyone's all fired up about dune um i just don't I read the book in high school and liked it well enough. Um, people love that. People love that book or, or, or they hate it. And I'm one of the few people who's kind of in the middle, like, eh, Dune, whatever, Sand. I mean, but it, <laughs> um, but, but I'm not excited about the movie for maybe it's because I'm not that into the book. I don't know. But I'm probably not going to watch it because it's three hours. And I'm like, I don't know, man, three hours. I got, what's funny is I'll read a book for however many hours, but if a movie's like two and a half hours, I'm like, do I really want to do that? I mean, I don't know. I'm weird that way. Yeah. But yes, you are. Another movie that I think is just sort of brilliant. And I'm glad they haven't made a sequel because it would only like make it worse. I think Forrest Gump, as cheesy as it is, yeah, um, is a pretty great movie. That's another one of the ones I go back to. It is. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. And it, it's, I was actually just listening to a, podcast that um not Forrest Gump Tom Hanks was being interviewed for yeah uh, it was just kind of interesting like his his thoughts on like his favorite movies that that he's made that he's been a part yeah. of and they kind of made the point like Forrest Gump came out everyone loved it it was came out the same year as Pulp Fiction and Shawshank yeah. Redemption yeah uh and you know this Tom Hanks speaking and says like all three of them were kind of groundbreaking in their own way but of yeah. course Forrest Gump cleaned up at the Oscars because it's the most sort of mainstream, family-friendly, you know, whatever, palatable. I think those, if Shawshank Redemption had a different name, I think its name really hurt it. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But, well, also, it's an R-rated movie. It's just harder to, right. yeah. yeah, people couldn't get behind it as much. But then it yeah. kind of took, like, it was probably not as well regarded for sort of some backlash on that. Um, but now, like, it's aged It's aged well. It's kind of come back around as people appreciate the movie again. For, I mean, it's an iconic, Gump. It's an yeah, it's an iconic movie. And it's a great yeah. movie. I remember like the soundtrack was just fantastic. Bought like the double CD soundtrack that sometime well, in my teenage I, years. I know they talked about doing a sequel because there's a second book. Yeah. That's actually another example of the movie being better than the book. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, no, no disrespect to Forrest Groom, but like, or whatever the author's name, Winston Groom, uh, the author's name, but, and the book's fine, but like they talked about doing the sequel like without Tom Hanks. And I just can't imagine anybody so else. Why bother then? At like, that point? yeah. Like, who are you going to get? Who's going to do that? And how is that going to like? Yeah. 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 For sure. It would, again, it would be like, hey, let's replace Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. Like, that's right. Like, that's not right. Like, that would be insane. Right. He, he wasn't even the original Marty McFly. I know. I know he wasn't. What a turn. Poor Eric, yeah. poor Eric Stoltz. Dude. <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Listen, some kind of wonderful is a pretty decent movie. I'll give you that. An Elephant Man, you know, good for you. That's fine work. But so there's a movie that I've always thought. So some movies should never be remade or most, have sequels most or whatever. Should never like just leave well enough alone. Like some, you know, it's just. Well, I mean, some movies were, you know, had a good idea. Maybe it just wasn't well funded or didn't have the right actors right. or whatever. But um, the movie that was always the top of my list for movie that should be remade. There's a movie called Victory, and you'd love it, Matt. It's a soccer movie. Oh, so that's why I've never heard of it. I was thinking, <laughs> man, I don't think I know this movie. I mean, I'm no, pretty it well was, versed. It was like it. early early 80s, 
and uh it's it's uh i think it's based on a true story actually um it's world war ii the you know it's all these allied pow's and the germans are gonna basically do a propaganda stunt and they're gonna take the german national soccer team and have like a kind of an all-star team of of pow's that are gonna turn into a team and then play against them and and you know the germans we're gonna beat them and show how we're better than you know all these sort of famous soccer players and so in the movie, they, you know, they form this team and Michael Caine is like, winds up being the captain. And uh, I mean, of course, Sylvester he... Stallone's on it. Uh, he, he winds up being like the American who, you know, winds up being the goalie. And they come together and there's this big soccer match. And I, I guess it's supposed to be in Paris, uh, you know. And uh, meanwhile, like the French underground is like plotting to, um, you know, basically smuggle them out at halftime. Right. And all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, like yeah. it's a good movie, it kind of works, but it's like it's early '80s, and like the the sports sequences are just you know kind of kind of cheesy, and like it has a lot of potential. It just wasn't there. It's like it's a it's a perfect movie for like if you could do it in a modern way, it could be a really powerful movie. And there are some like really good scenes in it. It's just like the whole thing just needs like just needs to be done with like 40 years improvement in technology and movie like making the movie, and all Kevin. that kind of thing. Well, I just found out like a couple of weeks ago, they are redoing it. And so I'm really excited about this and I hope they don't screw it up. But yeah, well, I mean, there's an excellent chance. I won't watch it now either. So that's that. That's no, I'm just kidding. Right. But I think I think it's called The Match is the uh, the new new version. And I think it focuses more on like the like there's a whole bunch of Eastern East European POWs, too, that they come across. Yeah. And they're all like emaciated and. I mean, yeah. they've been basically tortured um, and they're going to kind of prop them up for yeah. their propaganda. So I think it's a little bit of a, probably a little bit of a darker, more intense movie. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm it's interested to see the what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about sports movies, here's the thing. I really, I like sports movies or I guess it'd be more accurate to say that I want to like sports movies. Yeah. But so often I'm disappointed. Oh yeah. Me um, too. You know, so um you know, there are a couple that are a handful, but of course I go back to Hoosiers is like one of the all time, not just a great sports movie. It's just a great movie. Yeah. And Gene Hackman in it is iconic. Um, the natural with uh, Robert Redford is another yeah. one. Yeah. That's great. Um, and even field of dreams, which I really enjoy, but like that one's not even really about like the baseball is sort of like, I think secondary to what it's really about, but that's, a, I mean, that's just a vehicle they're using to, you know, talk about other things um but generally they just don't turn out well um yeah you know i think of like rudy which my hatred of that movie <laughs> is well documented on this podcast um i just i abhor it with it's the john eldridge book of movies like it's just it's <laughs> it's it's so bad oh, it's so poor bad. john eldridge yeah. like it's just awful we can talk about john eldridge books in my disdain for those another time but it's um it's just it's so awful um and so i think part part of it is is just the messaging in those movies just bother me a lot and so that's right i mean there was a recent one uh the way back with uh, ben affleck that was actually pretty good this basketball movie and he's you know battling alcoholism and all that and uh what i kind of appreciated about that movie was spoiler alert um he doesn't necessarily get it all together and win in the end. Yeah. Um, he has to deal with, no, his life is kind of a mess. And the sport, being good at a sport, isn't going to fix that he's a mess. And so I kind of appreciated the realism of that. But yeah, um, I don't know if you've seen that film, but nope, it's pretty good. Um, anyway. Well, you just gave it away, so I don't need to. Well, no, I mean, no, no, you do. I didn't give out the particulars, but it, no, it's good. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Um, did you have sports movies you like and don't like and all that? Well, I, I mean, you know, Hoosiers, always a great one. Yeah. Feel, feel the Dreams, The Natural. Uh, read both of those books, by the way, Shoeless Joe and The Natural. I have too. Um, the Natural as a novel is a masterpiece. It's actually really interesting. It's really different than the movie. It is really in, in different. Some, in some really key ways. Yeah. They're, they're, um, yeah. I like those, the movie Miracle. I and mean, that's based on a true story. So that's a little bit different. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that's a that's a great one, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd nah, stop and think about it a little bit more. But yeah, often I'm disappointed by sports movies i mean again it depends on what they're doing like you know my expectations of like you know major league are very different 
like I'm watching that for a totally different reason than I'm watching the natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even Field of Dreams. Like the, it's okay that like Major League is a little lame, is a little bit lame and campy and cliche because that's what you're there for. You know right. what I mean? Like that ball wouldn't have, would have been out of a lot of parks. Name one, Yellowstone. I mean, you know, like <laughs> like like you're there for that. That's why you're there. But like it's disappointing when like Rudy, which is trying to say something, is really and the thing that it's saying is a total lie. Like that's a different deal. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, maybe we should end on that note before yeah. Matt goes on another Rudy rant. And, and uh, another thing. No, I'm just <laughs> go go and grab go and watch your favorite clip on YouTube, and we'll be back in 30 seconds. Well, we're back, and it's Matt and Kevin, and we're not talking church. We're talking movies and tv and things that we watch because we talk so often about what we read and we want you to know that we waste time on movies and tv just like you so <laughs> that's the, that's the lesson here folks be um, encouraged <laughs> like be encouraged if you thought kevin and i were pious you just haven't been listening to the show very long so um <laughs> we're, so, we're here to change that we just recommended R-rated movies which yes we did we did by the way look i have a whole kind of a theory on on that too um it's one thing when like movies are just trying to be somewhat realistic about the, the dark and difficult and, you know, uh, more intense things in life. Like think of the Shawshank Redemption, like it presents sin, but it doesn't do it in a way that glorifies it. Right. And that's different than when like the, the CD and the crass and all that stuff is actually like what the entertainment is. Yeah. Like natural born killers is very, is very, very different rated R than Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Right. Like in Shawshank, it's like they're showing you the wickedness of these certain individuals and the system that they're in, but yeah. it's not glorifying it. And in fact, it's saying like, this is awful. This is yeah. really awful stuff. And so yeah. I, you know, so I'm, I can, I can tolerate that a lot more than when it's like, well, the entertainment is the dark and the sinful and the, you know, the crass and the whatever. Yeah. So, you know, be warned. Some of this stuff is R rated stuff and, and there's in, intense themes and there's some, you know, language that's difficult to get around, but uh, yeah, like I said, I think there's a way to distinguish between those in terms of what what those things are doing. Are they entertaining us, or are they showing us realistically right. a picture of sinfulness? Well, in and the world? you know, you can go too far with some of that stuff and go, well, the artistic value is makes it redeemable. Whereas, you know, you th- yeah, yeah. You, think of, you think of something like Game of Thrones, right, which is basically you know softcore porn, which I've never um, seen. I, like, I I don't care how good the storytelling is. Um, that's gross and no one who's a follower of Jesus should be watching it. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that there's my hot take. If you wanted one, um, <laughs> there you go. Well, I got Kevin DeYoung in a lot of trouble when he said the same thing. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't always agree with Kevin DeYoung, but on that particular case, I mean, I think he's not wrong. Yeah. Well, that could be a whole other podcast in terms of, yeah. you know, just art in general, not just movies, right. but, and, and the, the content in which they dive into and when that's, I don't want to say acceptable versus not, but um, just just being careful about yeah. what we're watching. Yeah, you know, we talked uh, about that. Like, be careful what your eyes, what you allow your eyes yep. to see. I think those and, are matters. And here, yep, there are matters of those are matters of conscience to, to be sure. Um, again, unless you're talking about, you know, if you're engaging in, you know, porn- pornography, that's not a matter of conscience. Repent and stop and seek help. But uh, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, also it's like you know the the scripture doesn't get doesn't get squeamish about presenting sin and all of its ugliness. True. Now it's not giving us like visual images, but it's also quite candid about yeah. sin and its ugliness. Yep. Um, so it there's is. a way to do it in a way that's, uh, I, I don't think crosses a line or well, I mean, that's, even probably like, not, that's probably not even the best way to put it crosses a line, but I mean, we're beyond the scope of our podcast at this point, but like, so what we else are. Is new? that but can like, be a even, whole other, that can be a whole other, like even the book sometime. of judges, man, like that's not like, I'm not reading that aloud at family devotions time. Most of the time. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm generally not doing that. Okay. Kids gather around. Like that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so the second half of the show, we're going to talk about, we've been talking about film, like movies and whatnot. I thought second half, maybe we talked more about just like television shows that we've enjoyed or appreciated over the years. And we realized, uh, dear listeners, that this may, this podcast episode may not, blah, 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 may not be the most redeeming episode or most helpful or edifying episode you've ever heard. But um, I think there is value. And, you know, it's part of just enjoying creation and common grace. It's just to enjoy 
artistic expression of different kinds. And some of that is just movies that we enjoy for different reasons. Yep. Well, and um, we went like super deep last episode. So we thought maybe it'd be fun to just sort of do something. A little more lighthearted. A little more lighthearted. So yeah. t- TV shows you're into, go. My wife and I recently started watching Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. We've got the free trial thing going on. Yeah. So free Never trials are, are great. You have never seen, seen it. it. No. Don't at me. All right. Twitter. Don't freak out. I just, I haven't so gotten to we it. We heard lots of good things, like more than I usually hear about shows like that. And it, it piqued my interest more than I, most shows do. Um, so I was like, oh, we'll give it a shot. And we watched like a couple episodes and we're like, we got hooked on it pretty quick. So if you don't know the uh, setup here, Ted Lasso is an, is a American football coach, college football coach. And he's hired by the owner of a British Premier League soccer team to manage or coach the soccer team. And of course, he knows nothing about soccer, cross-cultural hilarity ensues, all that kind of good stuff. Um, So what's interesting to me about this, you think about every sports movie you've ever seen, especially ones that center around a coach. The coach is either some sort of genius that is just smarter than all the other coaches and knows how to train his team just the right way to get the desired result. And, or the coach is like some hard nosed disciplinarian that's going to raise him up the right way. Right. So like Herb Brooks and miracle is both of those things. Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, both of those things. Yeah. I think it make a pretty, I have a hard time thinking of coaches that don't fit that bill, but Ted Lasso is like the opposite of that, which is, I think part of what, I couldn't put my finger on this for a while, but as part of what's really enjoyable about it is he doesn't know anything about soccer and he's just sort of thrown into this and he's not like this hard nosed disciplinarian guy. He's like this really affable, likable, somewhat goofy, uh, but good hearted guy. And, you know, part of what happens in the show and we're, we're most of the way through the first season is I just wins people over with just his good naturedness. Like he's really smart in terms of like, his emotional intelligence and his EQI and all that. And he's really good with like reading people. And so that like, he's sort of subtly kind of working on people in that way, um, which is kind of part of the, the fun. And I won't sort of kind of give any of that away, but, um, but he wins, wins people over I, it's we've enjoyed the show. It's gotten a little more crass as the first season has moved on, um, you know, stuff that doesn't, I don't think needs to be in there, but it is because it's 21st century and that's just how everything goes these days. But but it's just a really enjoyable show. We've, we've, his character has kind of endeared himself to us. And there's several other characters in the show that are just really fun and funny. And then some others that are just some of the dynamics of the different characters that are at odds with one another are, are just, it's an enjoyable show. I've been enjoying Ted Lasso. So there you go. If you need a show to watch, something that's current, get a free trial of Apple TV and, and blitz through that, maybe over the holiday weekend or something like that. Yeah. Sweet. I have not seen it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that is on my list to see, but it's one of those things that's been hyped so much. I think I'm just bound to be disappointed. It's yeah, like, we'll see. Like give, it a, everyone, give it a whirl. Everyone loves it. And so I'm kind of going, oh, so it, it's probably terrible. But like, but that's, but that, <laughs> that, that says but, more about you, I think. <laughs> like, I, I suppose it does. I suppose it does. But, but anyway, Although I have I'll, the same feelings about many things. So, like, so I'll, 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 I'll get to it like eventually. I mean, something that you've watched TV wise that's come out in the last five years or so. I <laughs> that's hard, man. That's hard because I just tend to like 10 years. I don't, what? 10 years. Okay. So I've been rewatching uh, lately um, the show Castle, which is about the writer and the cop and just the relationship between them. I just think it's really fun. I mean, is I've never show- heard of this. What is it called? So it's called Castle. It's about this guy who's a uh, he's a best-selling novelist, and he decides he's going to base a character on a cop. And so he meets this, you know, woman Kate Beckett, and so he begins to solve crimes with her. He's a crime novelist, and I read a lot of crime fiction, and so I, it was interesting. And the and the relationship between the writer and the detective is just really interesting. It lasted eight seasons, and the best of them are really the first five seasons or so. You can find it on Hulu, and then. One of the brilliance of the show is they began to publish novels based on the ones that he's writing about the character. So there's this meta thing happening. And so I've been reading some of those books and the books, it turns out. Um, I mean, again, they're, they're not literature. They're not going to change your life, but they're pretty fun. And so I've been having fun 
with that. Um, I also if, even like, your even your TV show recommendations turn into. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, look, it's just I, <laughs> and you wonder why you won the biggest nerd contest. Uh, well, well, that's because your sister Mindy hates me. That's why. But anyway, oh. um, it it <laughs> you know she voted like six times. Anyway, um, it <laughs> anyhow, um, an- another show I enjoy, but I've enjoyed less like in recent years is like a Law and Order SVU. I've been I've been, I've just been a Law and Order fan. Now for me, Original Recipe is really the best one. Um. But uh, I do enjoy SVU. That it's been on for 23 seasons is um, impressive. But in recent years, it's just gotten super, you know, preachy and political. And so it's less fun. I don't necessarily want a side of political commentary with my crime television. But but uh, but I do enjoy that. Um, I probably haven't watched Law & Order since the 90s. Yeah, well, you're not like into crime stories. And I just sort of am. I read a lot of crime fiction. Well, I'll tell you one that I did like. It's, what? I guess it's a, uh, I don't know what they call these anymore because it's, again, the way the way things happen now, they just kind Limited of- Limited series or whatever. Release, yeah, just release right to Netflix or whatever else. Yeah. But did you ever see Broadchurch? Yeah, I was just about to say. I thought that but was just brilliant. If you're going to watch Broadchurch, watch the British version, not the American version. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the American one. The yet. American version is not nearly as good, but yeah. no, it's brilliant. So three, three seasons of 10 episodes each or so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I've watched it multiple times. It's one of the few things yeah. I'll watch like multiple times. Yeah. I, I, it's I'm just due that for a good. Rewatch. It's that good. It is that good. Yeah. So good. Everything about it is just super well done. The writing it, is just, yeah. You, I can't emphasize enough. Yeah. I, I do have to like confess that I've never seen Stranger Things. I haven't gotten around to it. And see, and it's now, like, it's like designed for us. It's kind of like a week away. It's so, like designed for our so, generation. So here's the thing. Like I, I was behind on it and now there's like 11,000 seasons and there are so many that I'm like, I you mean three. No, I think there's four or five and like, and, and no, there's I'll, three. <laughs> I'll never catch up now. Well, let's find out if only there's three, device. the fourth one comes out next spring or something. You know what I did watch Cobra Kai. Have you seen Cobra Kai? No, I have not brilliant so much fun okay so much fun yeah yeah so so yeah, broad TV. church good crime british crime uh series i guess now british crime shows are way darker than american ones because they just have they're they're not as offended as we are by certain things so no, well, it's I, didn't, I didn't think it was but i mean it's about a, a murder of course but yeah but it's not like it's like dark and grisly everything super yeah. Like it's not graphic or anything like that. No, but like the um, level of evil is like, it doesn't like, it doesn't, it's not super neat. It's not like law and order where, you know, it's yeah. just, it just. And what's interesting, you know, one of the things I find interesting about Broadchurch is that, yeah, as they start investigating this crime, well, I don't know how many different characters in the show are suspects at one point or another. Yeah. And they all kind of have like secrets that they're hiding. Yeah. Like, like, like as you watch the show, you never know who did it until like the very very end which i guess is a common way of doing it but but there's like but there's like legitimate reasons why each of them could have done it and they have like their own kind of dark past that they're working through it's like oh well that's that's unseemly and and your opinion changes like four times about who did it you know right right yeah Yeah. well that's one of the reasons i liked it i actually thought that i actually thought the second season was maybe even better than the first yeah yeah you know like I'm very rarely surprised by crime shows like and who did it. Cause I just have read so many that normally I can kind of figure it out. But broad church surprised me. Like it was a, it was, it was good. Like uh, every, every season. Cause every season has its own crime. No, like, season one. like I've seen all three of them. Season one. I was like genuinely like, Oh, I did not. Yeah. 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 I, I got messed up with that. Cause I walked in on my wife watching it and she was watching like the last episode or something yeah. or the first episode of the second season or something like that. Yeah. So like, that was my first, exposure to it so i already know yeah. who did it so yeah. that kind of messed up the surprise for me but that's too bad yeah but yeah. still can very much enjoy the show without... in fact i'm a little envious of the of our audience who are maybe going to go watch that for the first time because they're getting to experience watching that for the yeah. first, you, know, you know what i mean like great that's... soundtrack too yeah no good show so yeah. they had the same actor play the lead character in the american version and it's right, just not right. the same. yeah like it's just not as good the yeah. solution to it is different the, the character the writing isn't as good like it's yeah 
Oh, the, the interplay between the two main characters is just great. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, cracks yeah. us up. Yeah, and there are some so comedic cool. moments to it, which are really fun. Yeah. I, you know what? I may need to do a rewatch. Yeah. 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 You know, it was a really fun show, which I think would be fun to do together sometime. Did what? you ever? <laughs> this is so dumb. Did you ever watch Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes, I did. Of course like in, I did. Like I'm, in college. I, I'm a member of Gen, Gen X. Like I would get my Gen <laughs> X card taken from me if I'd never seen that show. That would be so fun to do. Just it's basically, movie. it's basically just these three guys watching a movie you know, and you actually, you watch the movie and, right. and then you see the silhouette of the three of them. Like you're in the front row of a movie theater. Right. And they're just like talking over the movie and ridiculing it because yep. they, they watch terrible movies. Yeah. That'd be fun but, to do. Yeah. All right. So office or parks and rec. That's a tough call. <laughs> Compare and contrast for me. So the office what it has going for it is this utter awkwardness, right? <laughs> like just the awkward factor and the cringeworthiness of it. Like you can't, you can't beat it. Um, it's just so, yeah. and I'm not even sure it could be made today because, you know, you can't be funny about. Oh, Steve Carell said there's no way it could make it today. Like, yeah. like I'm just not sure it could be done today, which is too bad. Um, as a side note, um, Office Space, which is not related to that, show but it's a film that's just hilarious that if you haven't seen yeah you must if you've ever worked in corporate america it might hit a little too close to home and so you won't be able to enjoy it but it's a it's a it's an excellent movie anyway um parts and rec it's i think it's funnier is not the right word because it's not because i laughed so hard i cried watching the office before because it's so office because it's so awkward but um the characters are better i think and more like real people, like people you know. And so um, it parts and rec? Yeah. Oh, and really? So I think and so I think it resonates in a different way than the office does. Um, and like she's just so earnest. Um, she like her character, she's just an earnest person. Um, even though she does everything wrong, but she's earnest in her doing everything wrong. And I think it's it's giving like a vision for what government can be. Um, so I think it's trying to do something, whereas I think the office is just about, you know, it's Mr. Bean with Steve Carell. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, did you agree with that analysis or, or no? Like, well, like what? Some of it, not all of it. All right. Well, so here's here. I would say the Parks and Rec was probably more consistently funny. Yeah. You know, like episode in, episode out, you know, forget yeah. the first, forget the first season and maybe the last but episode in, episode out. You're getting a, you know, a seven or eight. Out of 10. Yeah. With the office, you're really getting a three or a 10. Yeah. You know, it just, it just said office had higher highs. Right. Parks and Rec was just more consistent. I think that's very accurate. And in terms of like the relationships or the characters, I think the office kind of, kind of the same, really. You had, um, you know, Jim and Pam and like their relationship, yeah. which was just way better than anything in Parks and Rec. Just way better. Okay. And, Fair and, enough. and just more real, like the way they kind of tackled like marriage and parenting yeah. was, was like way more just honest yeah. um, than anything in Parks and Rec. Uh, and, and even, and even like at the end, like with Dwight and Angela, like that was surprisingly moving the way that they've kind of resolved all of that. Yeah. Whereas Parks and Rec, I mean, they were good characters, solid. But I actually thought the best relationship was Leslie and Ron. Yeah. Like they just had a really sweet relationship. Right. Completely. Well, and they disagree with each other about like important things. And right. maybe, maybe, maybe part of it is that in 2021, like the idea of even having that kind of relationship with someone who disagrees with you about such important things seems impossible. Right. And so it's, yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that it was really telling the way both of the shows ended. Yeah. So the office ends and whatever the kind of closing monologue there is basically it's about the little things and finding beauty in the ordinary. Right. And most of those people kind of live pretty ordinary lives. Like, you know, Jim has some success as a business, but, you know, they're all relatively ordinary. Whereas in Parks and Rec, you know, like one's the governor, one's the senator, one's this media mogul, one's, you know what I mean? It's all kind of like over the top. That's a political show. Like, so. Yeah, but it sort of seems like the yeah. whole point is to succeed. Right. Rather than just finding beauty in the ordinary, which like I just appreciated that a lot more i thought the, the end of parks and rec sort of got away from itself and just became a little yeah. bit of a caricature i agree i agree 
Um, like the last season is just kind of like they should have ended. You know, speaking of like great political shows, or at least the first four seasons of a great political show, The West Wing. Um, it really anything that Aaron Sorkin writes, I'm here for. But like it's a, uh, it's just so good, so good. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but we did. I think we saw the first. I think four seasons, and then whatever i think netflix stopped carrying it or whatever it was no yeah we never wound up watching the last i own it on dvd like so it's all right well well yeah i don't know if this has been a edifying episode but it's it's been fun it's good to enjoy common grace that the lord has given us and just enjoy the uh talents and artistry of other people um amen preach kind of like when we talk books and we give just novels and whatever else things that are not necessarily Christian or whatever else, but just uh, are just enjoyable. Yeah. And tell us something about life and this, the perspective of others who maybe aren't approaching it from a Christian or biblical worldview. Yeah. And that can be illuminating in some ways as well. Well, and you know what? You don't, we don't have to like spiritually baptize everything. Like, yeah, it's okay to just have fun. Yeah. Watch Hoosiers and enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the Gene Hackman-ness and Barbara Hershey. <laughs> like just, so maybe we've given people some suggestions to things to watch to enjoy their time, especially with the holidays coming up. You might find yourself with some free time. And there you die go. Die hard, baby. Anyway. Uh, we'll get into whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Maybe we'll debate that on a future That's episode. a different episode. That needs its own episode, maybe. But <laughs> short answer, yes, it is. But anyway. No, it's um, not. Yeah, it totally is. No, it's really not. But anyway. So anyway, <laughs> you've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk. Uh, we have not been talking church really you've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk church that's the name of the podcast even though it's not an accurate description of what's happened in the last 45 minutes of your life but yeah. we hope that what you've heard has been entertaining maybe helpful maybe edifying we'll see but you want to write in with your favorite movies recommendations for us for things for us to watch feel free to do that if you have any things you want us to discuss if you want to berate me for my movie choices or my literature choices some of you are not shy about that, so go for it. Email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at MKTC. That being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. And we've been talking movies. We want to be fed. Mm-hmm.